You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good morning. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lacking, baby? What's crack a lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. Large crowds turning out in Iran today, Iranians marking the 39th anniversary of the Islamic Revolution. Hardliners had called for a show of strength following the anti-government protests that sprang up earlier this winter over economic issues. The anniversary is being marked amid tensions with Israel. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is warning Iran that his country will defend itself after launching air raids this weekend against Iranian targets in Syria. To Pakistan now, where the country's most prominent lawyer and human rights activist has passed away. Asma Jahangir stood up to dictators and learned how to battle her opponents on Twitter. NPR's Dia Hadid reports from Karachi. During her decades-long career, Jahangir defended women, minorities and prisoners. She was in prison twice herself and was widely admired for her bravery. On Sunday, she died of cardiac arrest. She was 66. One Pakistani lawyer on Twitter wrote, Asma Jahangir was the bravest human being I ever knew. Without her, the world is left. To South Korea now, where the Prime Minister is indicating that certain conditions will need to be met before the government can accept an offer to meet with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un in Pyongyang. The BBC's Michael Bristow has more. Since taking office last year, the South Korean president has urged engagement with North Korea. He was keen for the North to take part in the Winter Olympics, believing it could lead to a thaw in relations and further talks. 
Moon Jae-in now appears to have what he wanted, an offer to meet the North's leader Kim Jong-un in Pyongyang. It would seem odd if he now refused to go, but accepting is not easy either. South Korea's ally, the United States, is unlikely to welcome a meeting unless the North agrees to discuss its nuclear weapons. At the Winter Olympics in South Korea, one of the marquee events has had to be postponed due to the weather. NPR's Tom Goldman reports that the men's downhill ski race was called off because of high winds. According to an official at the Jiangsung Alpine Center, race officials were scheduled to make a decision an hour before the downhill on whether the race would be run. But the winds were so strong they made the call three hours before the start time. Forecasters reported 50 mile an hour gusts strong enough to shut down the gondola taking racers and officials to the top of the course. One of the race favorites, Norwegian Shettle Jansrud, was quoted as saying, they want to do the downhill in fair conditions. I'm thankful to hear that because that's that's the way it should be in the Olympics. The race now is scheduled for this coming Thursday. The men's Super G event, which had been scheduled for that day, has been moved to Friday. Tom Goldman, NPR News, at the Jiangsung Alpine Center. A teenager from Colorado has won the first U.S. gold medal of the Winter Games. 17-year-old Red Gerard won the top spot in slope-style snowboarding. This is NPR. Coming up next on the serious side. The President of the United States has uh, decided not to release the Democratic memo, the rebuttal to the Nunes memo, which alleged abuse at the highest levels of the FBI. He says that there are changes that need to be made. He is sending it back to the committee. Let's go to Jim Acosta uh, for the breaking news at the White House. Uh, Jim, obviously, yeah. this is going to shock a lot of people. It's going to shock a lot of people, but probably not everybody here in Washington, uh, Aaron. That's right. Uh, Looking at this letter that was sent uh, back to the uh, House Intelligence Committee Democrats uh, from Don McGahn, the White House counsel, it says, and this is, I think, the key sentence here, uh, although the president is inclined to declassify the February 5th memorandum, that's the shift memo, the Democratic version uh, of the memo, because the memorandum contains numerous properly classified and especially sensitive passages is unable to do so at this time. We wish him well. He worked very hard. I found out about it recently, and I was surprised by it. But we certainly wish him well. It's a uh, obviously tough time for him. He did a very good job when he was in the White House. And we hope he has a wonderful career. And hopefully he will have a great career ahead of him. But uh, it was very sad when we heard about it, and certainly he's also uh, very sad. Now, he also, uh, as you probably know, he says he's innocent, and I think you have to remember that. He said very strongly yesterday that he's innocent, so you'll have to talk to him about that, but we absolutely wish him well. did a very good job while he was at the White House. I just read right before I walked on stage, a statement from the president saying he wishes him luck so much talent. That's like saying that axe murderer out there, he's a great painter. No, think, think, translate this into everyday terms. Is there any other crime as a crime where there be an explanation 
the reason why we shouldn't pay attention to the transgression is because they're good at something. I just want to say that I think us black men are very weak-minded because we have allowed the white man to completely brainwash us into hating our own race of women. The reasons for me to make Why Do I Like Black Girls series is to uplift black women so they know that they're loved, that they're appreciated. Because so many times in society nowadays, black women are overlooked. The most powerful women that I've ever met in my life have been black women. Now, I'm not saying that to hurt any other type of race. See, I'm white. I love all types of races. I personally feel that everyone in this world is beautiful. That humans are humans. We all have emotions. We all have love. We all make mistakes. We all just do things that we regret. We all do things that are beautiful. So I know that humans are humans. But to me, my preference is I love black women because they go through things on a normal day that most people do not go through, that most white women do not go through, and have to deal with so much grief on a normal basis. Now, I'm not saying that because I know, because I'm not a black woman. It doesn't matter if they're light skin, brown skin, dark skin. I just feel like they're more independent, they're more powerful, they're easier to get along with, have a conversation with. That's my preference. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ral Show. With Dr. Princess Odilia, Mr. Jerome Esprit, and Mr. L.E.S. Now here is your host, Jay Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is February 11th. 2018, and you're in tune to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. At its best, of course, like the man said, I am your host of this morning's festivities, the one and only J. Ryle. Thank you so much for allowing me and my crew to hang out with you on a beautiful Sunday morning. So before you sit down and before you get ready for church, or as you get ready for church, turn us up. Uh, we're here to provide you the knowledge that you need to go forth and spread the word. And, of course, I never share the stage by myself. Let me introduce you to my colleagues, my brothers in arms, and I do mean brothers. Uh, first off, wow, i got to get used to this. The man who I consider one of the smartest brothers that ever walked the face of this planet. I call him our resident freaking uh, 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 public enemy. Do the right thing, Chuck D., the smartest man in the world, the man who brings you on a weekly basis, on a need-to-know basis, and the man who's in charge over there at EspreeRadio.net, the one and only, my main man, Mr. Jerome Esprit. Good morning, Jerome, man. How are you doing this morning, brother? Hey, I'm good, man. How you doing? And, and by the way, the public enemy, hopefully you mean that's a part of the group. I'm a part of the group. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay, good. Yes, yes, I do. Right. I do, I do. of course. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Nine one one is a joke. Nine one one is a joke. And of course, you hear that baritone laughter in the background, and everyone knows who that is the man who runs everything around here, the man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Sir, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Jay, and good morning, Jerome. How are you guys doing this morning? morning, bruh. All right. Doing our thing, brother, doing our thing. And, of course, our resident texter, Johnny D, is in the house. 
Uh, welcome in. Can't wait to hear from what he has to say. And, of course, Dr. Princess Odilia. First of all, let me announce that her mother made it successfully through surgery. God bless Thank that. God. And I'm pretty sure she's taking care of family matters. So we wish her well, and we can't wait till she comes back. All right, the number is 347 A lot to get into uh, today, a lot to talk about. Of course, let me break it down for you. First up, no memo. The president has decided not to release the Democrats' uh, uh, memo. Come on now. I mean, were we surprised by this? So he decided not to release the memo, so we'll talk about that. Plus, something that we introduced uh, the first of the year, very popular. People are asking about it. Coming up next segment, YTP, your thoughts, please. A powerful topic, a powerful segment where we try to knock out as many topics as we can in one segment. That should be fun. And, of course, as always, uh, our last topic, which is going to be the main bread and butter, the main underlying, something that we started talking about last week, and I cannot wait to get into this conversation. Uh, The whitewashing of black America, man. I mean, what what are they trying to do? I mean, what's corporate trying to do? Trying to get rid of black men? You're seeing more commercial with white women, commercials with white men with with black women, and I tell you what, since we talked about this, or at least scraped the topic last week, uh, I tell you, that gave us the full week to receive comments, and we've gotten those things in, so we can't wait to have that conversation, Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. let's get the conversation started off with the Democrats' memo, it's been shut down, the president said, you know what, national security concerns are involved, and the bottom line is, we're going to restrict this, you guys need to go back, and we're going to redact the information, and maybe, just maybe, if the information is good enough, we will allow it to be released. Mr. Elias, you laughed, you giggled, I'm pretty sure you do, you do not agree with this, your thoughts, please. Well, hey, you know what, man, it, it, it's all crap, is what he's, he's putting out there, man, you know, come on. It, it, the memo that they had was a little bit uh, longer than the uh, the the, the, the uh, Republican memo, but come on, really, the FBI didn't have a pushback with with it. the DOJ didn't have a pushback with it. Why won't they release it? You know, this administration is nothing but a joke. I heard Tillerson say that yeah, Russian did hack the election, and there's nothing we can do about it. Why aren't you even trying to do something about it? This is this administration. It's horrible. It is the worst in history. It will go down as the worst in history. Mark my words. They are they are a joke. You know, you want to release one but don't want to release other. And the first thing you say when the Republican memo is released, oh, it vindicates me. Well, then let the other one come out. Why wouldn't you? And why wouldn't the Republicans allow this to be released at the same time? It's a joke. It's a joke. And... It's getting to be disheartening, and for all those Trumpanese out there, you guys are idiots if you don't if you don't see what's going on. Wow, that's a new term. I like that. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, Jerome and uh, I mean, we look like our colleagues in the house, home team. We'll bring them in here in a second. Uh, Jerome, when we talk about this, I mean, it's obvious. I mean, were you surprised? I mean, really? I mean, to me, this is just blatant. I mean, the American people. You have to feel like you're stupid and ignorant, or your president thinks that you're stupid and ignorant, because there's no way anyone who had any common sense did not expect this guy to release that memo. I mean that memo. He releases the Republican memo, 
No redactions, even though the uh, everyone in the intelligence agency, including the Department of Justice, said, Mr. President, do not release this. They made last-pitch efforts to make sure that they did not release the Republican memo, and he did it any damn way. So all of a sudden, he wants to go through protocol, which Demo- Democrats did. They actually stood it up to the, to the FBI for the intelligence agency to look at it. But now he's saying, no, I'm the best man to de- decide what needs to go out. You go back and redact this. In other words, take out the damning evidence that's going to show that, once again, Nunes is my stooge and that he's a liar. Take that crap out, then I'll release it to the American public. Your thoughts, please. Well, I think that um, they have recourse in this. They can override his um, his veto of releasing this. So I'm interested in really? seeing will they I, – yeah. I think on the Democratic side, their only concern is to figure out how, what the intelligence, the intelligence agencies don't want. Forget what he does not want, and I think that once they send... But I thought they did that already, Jerome. I thought they ran that body intelligence agencies, and they said, okay, go ahead. No, no, they they ran it by they ran it by them, but that that's what they're saying is that if there's any wording okay. that okay. they want them to take out, like if there is, I think what the Trump people are saying is that there was some some security issues that they must have missed, right? So they're just playing this little game. They ran it past them, and they didn't. Here, here's how this goes: when you run the police department. You are speaking on behalf of them. So even though they send it to DOJ and whomever, that they're saying that uh, there's still some security concerns that we should talk about. So they're sending it back to the DOJ. But the issue is that once they get over all of that, they should just put it up to a flat vote and override his veto and release what they already have. Because what he's going to want to redact is nothing to do with security concerns. It's, it's going to have to deal right. with the lies that they told in the first memo. That's what exactly. they want to try to take out of there. See, and that's what I think. I think that's exactly what's going on. It's a situation where they're saying, look, it's not national security. It's a situation where we just want to take out all the damning information that's going to prove that, once again, this is the most crooked president since freaking Richard Nixon, who's occupied the Oval Office. Let's bring in our colleague, the man who really was the second voice, one of the founders of the nation, of the not the nation, but obviously of the radio station, I should say, the one and only home teams in the house. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Hey, what's up, Jay? What's up, Jerome? What's up, Les, man? Glad to be here once again this morning. Hey, man, well, you know, once again, we're talking about talking about your boss, uh, President Trump. You work for the Department of, uh, uh, you work for uh, the government, so the bottom line hey, is hey, hey, this guy. Hey, 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 don't <laughs> we'll call okay. him out. I won't. My bad. I'm sorry. Thanks, I guess Appreciate I should have done that. Appreciate that, Jerome. <laughs> yeah, I, right. I think everyone knew that, though, whole team. I, I don't think yeah. that's a secret, but I do apologize. But let, let, let's get yeah. back to this guy because, yeah. you know, once again, uh, this memo was supposed to be released. He had five days. He waited until the last minute, home team, to release this. Right? I mean, not to release it, I should say. And so now he's going to kick it back, saying, oh, my goodness, you need to redline this. You need to redact this. The bottom line is we're not going to reduce. Here's, here's my question for you. Do you think there's enough red ink in Washington, D.C. to correct that memo, which will allow the president to release it? Because I don't think under no circumstances is he going to release that damn memo. Your thoughts? Jay, 
you are absolutely correct. That memo will never, ever, 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 ever be released. Because at the end of the day, the Republicans is not going to do anything to push that memo forward where, where number 45 can sign up for that memo being released. It's not going to happen. At the end of the day, uh, they didn't want anything, we're talking, about, we're talking about the Republicans, to, to smear uh, this president. And so they would do everything in their powers to keep that memo from being released. And Trump is right on board, of course, uh, not releasing that memo because it would show uh, the, uh, a whole lot of um, bad light on this uh, on this president. So you're right, Jay. It would never, ever be released. And so it's just basically a, 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 a cat and mouse game. Uh, them try to redact some stuff, send it back up. Uh, if they even try to redact it, but if they do, if they go, he's going to just kick it back for some more dumb reasons. So it's never going to be released yet. In my, in my view. But, but Mr. Elias, here's the question, though. Why are the American people so dumb? I mean, he, this is blatant, right? I mean, this is blatant. Is it a situation where, let me rephrase that. Is it a situation where the Americans are so dumb, or is the fact that this White House is counting on the fact that people are not paying attention? I know a lot of people that I run into every day. Hey, man, I don't watch that stuff. It's depressing. I'm like, well, you should watch it. Because that's the problem. So what you do is you don't monitor the situation throughout the year. You just start watching during election time, and then you make up your mind. It's the whole package. Pay attention to what the hell's going on. So is it a situation, once again, where they're counting on the fact that the American people are not paying attention? I mean, because this is pretty well, obvious to me. Well, I'm going to use one word, Jay. It's called gerrymandering. If they get rid of that, the Republicans are in trouble. They are in Deep, deep trouble. If they get rid of the gerrymandering that they have done, a lot of people, a lot of people are gone. A lot of, a lot of them are going to lose their seats. Bottom line, that is just the way it's going to work. And the way it's working so far, they, they are, they have lost, they have, they've lost some in the lower court. So if they go to the Supreme Court and they lose it there, they are going to lose seats by the mounds. People are tired. You can tell just by just by listening to certain people. And, and out here, they don't care. They, they're tired of what this this dude is doing. They they they're paying attention, Jay. It's just you you you're, the, the media is showing you you know what the Trump supporters are saying, and, and he's got 39 percent of the base, so he's he's playing to his base. But if they if they if they are, they don't have the gerrymandering, they can forget it. They're done. They are done. People are tired. They're, they're they're shoving stuff down these people's throats like this tax bill. Where how how do you pass a tax bill that's unpopular? How do you pass that with the American people? You're just shoving it down people's throats. Hey man, look, they they're gonna pay for what they do. I believe that. But wait a minute now. See, so you, you bring up the tax bill, and, and let me go to you, Jerome, because that's the thing that scares me the most. Because his numbers are starting to tick up, Jerome, and and a lot of people are afraid that when the Americans, because just, let me let me tell you something that I saw back in the '90s, and I'll never forget this. And I'm going to compare this situation, that situation to this situation. I remember I was watching a talk show uh, back in the early '90s, and it was remember a long time ago where they had those crown, uh, big shiny crown uh, uh, air fresheners. That people would buy, put it on their dashboard, and, and and they were very popular in the early '90s. And so they brought the guy on who created that thing. And this guy was a freaking former Ku Klux Klan racist MF. And he said, "Well, you know why? We 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 made these things because black people like big shiny objects." 
And so he knew black folks would buy that crap and put it in their cars. Now, they're not popular anymore, but at that time, they, they were. And I guess what I'm trying, to me, the comparison is, is, is this. When, when you, you know, Mr. Elias says that the gerrymandering and, and, and all these different things. The bottom line is, Jerome, I don't think people are paying attention. I don't think folks are really out there looking. And so what they're trying to do is when this money comes in, when you talk about this tax money, we're going to give them a little something, something, and then we're going to, we're going to give them $200 in the front, though, but in the back, though, we're going to pull every damn thing out their back pocket. I think it's just deflection, man. And that's what concerns yep. me is that when they start getting this money, Jerome, they're going to say, oh, oh, I got an extra $1,000. Oh, no, I got I, extra whatever. You don't, don't think, think so? I don't think that's going to help. I think wow. what, what's going on is that do. polling is wrong. That's mm-hmm. saying no, I think that it's how you poll, right? And so you can ask someone if they like that economy or not or whatever, but that polling is skewed because they're getting they're getting their butts handed to them on the ground when they start running elections. And all by the way, the Supreme Court already ruled on the redistricting. What was that? In Ohio or Pennsylvania? One of the Pennsylvania. 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 They already ruled that they won't even listen to the case because their gerrymandering of Pennsylvania um, violated their state constitution, which the federal constitution, I mean, the Supreme Court cannot overrule a state constitution. So they are going to actually, if uh, I'm trying to think of the date, but the court is un, is actually going to redistrict everybody if the legislature does not come up with something feasible to the court and the governor signs it by the 19th the court is going to do it for this particular um um voting cycle but they've already said that so it is a gerrymandering of of districts that um allow them to act like you know they're um or to keep power, that's what it's for. So to the your point of saying, you know, you know, what 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 is it what does that mean that the economy is good and this and that and people are being deceived or they're not knowing, um, I think people do know. I don't think mm-hmm. that that whole marketing of the economy is good and whatever, that got about two months of shelf life. As a matter of fact, we already saw the market start to crash this week. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's dropping by thousands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Lost percent in one day. And so you, you know that when people start, you know, when you add a trillion dollars to deficit because you gave tax breaks, now your interest rates are going up. Now you watch like Walmart and AT&T and all these guys um, Sears and all those guys like shed jobs like crazy. The unemployment is going to start to tick up, and that's all because you know mainly because once you lower, once you give that kind of tax breaks to corporations, you are taken out of the treasury. So now your treasury can't even afford to pay its own bills. So then you're going to start shedding more jobs on the federal government side by saying we don't have the money. Then you're going to try to take some Social Security and Medicaid. And all this is due to you giving rich people tax breaks. Because even if you get an extra $20 or $1,000 in your check, you need to know at the end of the year that's a taxable $1,000 that you're going to have to pay in taxes. So when everybody hmm. gets to the end of the year and they figure out, wait a minute, 
I got to start paying taxes where I used to get my tax refund tax. You ain't getting mm-hmm. no refund like that because that money that you're getting paid up front is now taxable. So we'll see how that's going to play itself out. But come on. But, but Joe, you, you listen, and, and we've had this conversation on this show before where I say people, okay, if you have $20 in your pockets and you have $18 worth of bills, you don't have $20 in your pocket. You only have $2 in your pocket. But most people are like, no, I have $20 in my pocket. You know, home team, let me ask you. Same yeah. thing. Do, are you not afraid of the fact that when you start giving people money, because they're going to get money, they're going to start seeing increases in their, in their freaking uh, paychecks. You don't think that that's going to have an adverse effect on the bigger purpose here is to get this fool out of office. Because if you start seeing money in your paycheck, it's like, oh, well, wait a minute. I remember when, when we got the little money back from doing the tax, doing the Bush administration. People were like, ooh, 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 ooh. No, it's not a ooh, 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 It's going to come back to get you. You know, you're not concerned about people getting more, a little bit more money, especially during the midterms where you're going to start seeing the effects of this, that it's not going to uh, make them think that, okay, maybe the Republicans are doing the right thing. We need to keep them in office. Your thoughts? Uh, Jay, I think you don't have a lot of faith in the American people. Uh, I don't. I think we are smart. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I can tell. I don't, because uh, look who's at 1600 <laughs> Pennsylvania Avenue. They, they've proven okay. me wrong. Okay, well, that's a whole other discussion, but we ain't moving in that direction because I can talk about that anyway. But anyway, so getting back to this tax thing, um, I really do have a lot of faith in the American people is that we are smart. We know that this president here has signed off on bills, have signed off on a bill, a tax bill, that's going to break this country. It's going to literally break this country because we don't have the money to pay back this debt. At some point in time, if the people, well, actually, I think they know now, I think what they're doing now, the American people, they're, they're like, to me, uh, the best analogy I can come up with, they're like junkies. They're walking around, they, they're rubbing their arm, man, like they need a fix. <laughs> they can't wait for these midterm elections to pop off to get to them voting polls, bro. They can't wait. Everybody walking around just scratching out. Oh, man, when is, the, when, is the, when, is the, when is the midterm, man? They can't wait to get to the polls, man, to get these jokers out of office, bro. The, the America's more character has been hijacked by this presidency, and we got to take it back. And I think the American people are going to do that on the next midterm election, Jay. All right, good faith in them. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Let's bring in uh, just one of the smartest voices, uh, one of the smartest minds, and one of the most lovely voices out there. Uh, the one and only, the very lovely Kathleen Williams. She's in the house this morning. Good morning, Kathleen. How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. Good morning, everyone. Hope you have a good morning, day. Kathleen. Good morning, good morning. Thank you. Have hey, a good wonderful morning, day, Kathleen. Thank you. I just wanted to um, weigh in and mention real quickly that I uh, this week just joined and sent some money to the organization that President Obama and Eric Holder started to address the gerrymandering. So if you all are unfamiliar with that, please know that our president, and I, you know, unlike uh, most of the others that say every time we say our president, we're talking about President Obama. Our president is dealing with this in a really serious way, um, just like his grassroots uh, campaign for presidency. 
they have already begun um, an organization to address the gerrymandering, and they mm-hmm. started in specific cities, city, excuse me, specific states that they're addressing the um, the lines uh, drawn under gerrymandering. And if you have certain skill sets, please go to their website, and I'll, I'll get it for you. Um, go to their website because they are hiring for that organization as well. And if you're a, a young person or a retired person or whatever, they also have an internship available on their website, and I'll get that for you. Good stuff. We definitely want to make sure we get the information out about that. You're right. I saw an interview this past week with uh, the former attorney general talking about what him and President Obama is doing, which is a beautiful thing. I'm glad that people are out there trying to make it happen. We really and truly need all hands on deck during this most turbulent time because we have a fool in the White House, guys, and you need to pay attention. And, and look, I, I hear what my colleagues are saying. I, I'm with you on some of this stuff. You know, I mean, we have faith in the American people. I'm trying to have faith in the American people, but my goodness, it, it's it's really getting to a point where I have to start asking myself the question, you know, are we? Because I never thought, you know, Trump would get into office, but there he is. Let's reach out to our uh, resident texter, my main man, Johnny D. says, look, Trump and America. Brother Jake, generally I agree with you. However, in the case of the American people not paying attention, I disagree. Ouch. The reality is how can American citizens not pay attention if you have any type of media source? It's Trump all day, every day. The dilemma for American people, for the American people, during the upcoming elections, will be the lack of substance and agenda from the Democratic Party. I agree. This will lead to, epiphany as you have no alternatives to choose from. Trust me when I say this. Everything is the will of most of the Most High, and this is God's plan to let the ungrateful nation suffer. Wow, that's some deep stuff from me, man, Johnny D. Three four seven. Eight five zero one two seven two. You can participate as well. Uh, you can uh, leave your comments in the world famous chat room uh, if you want, or you can uh, check out, you know, put your stuff out there on social media, the sites that we monitor. Yes, sir, Mr. Elias. I'd like to apologize, Kathleen. I was putting myself on mute and hitting her button by accident. I'm sorry, Kathleen. Oh, I was like, yo, am I that? Am I talking that much already? <laughs> no. Don't. Oh wow. I was like, oh yeah. I was well, trying to yo, put myself on mute. <laughs> And I hit you back. What's wrong with you? I'm sorry. What is your problem, oh, sir? Wait a minute. <laughs> Get him, Kathleen. I'm sorry. I apologize, Kathleen. Oh, no, okay. Yeah, you're right. All right. I better not it's do right. that mess all again. Whoa, you got me all fired up. <laughs> but I did want. I did want. I was going to say something else. I was like, oh, I'm muted. So, um, but go ahead. <laughs> The um, I did want to say to you, uh, Jay, when you're saying um, the American people aren't paying attention, well, let me just say this. I'm going to use myself. Um, I, well, you know, we're paying attention anyway, but I'm going to tell you how we know for sure everyone will. So I have to take a particular medication, right? I've been taking it for two years. I went into the pharmacy yesterday to pick it up, and it was mm-hmm. double the price yep. that I have yep. been paying. Double. Wow. And mm-hmm. I asked the pharmacist, I said, no, you know, you're making a mistake. I gave you this and I gave you that and I gave you a coupon and I gave you this and I would Because <laughs> even with my copay, I get online and I find my coupons, right? I took my coupon and she put the coupon in and it was double. And I said, what happened? And he said, she said, well, everyone thinks that because they have insurance, that the health, the changes in the health insurance law, will not affect them. 
but it, as she said, every single medication that is not um, generic has basically doubled on January one. Wow. And she mm. said, and it's going, and it's going to get worse. And at mm-hmm. work, I just got the notice um, last week that everybody's copay is going up. So my copay used to be 15. Now that's gone up. And when I used to get to pay something like 10% on medication, that went up. So not only did the medication double, the copay doubled, and everything else. And I have health insurance. So for Pete, can you imagine for folks that don't? And I'm running into so many more people that don't have health insurance at all, even though it's still law, and they just can't afford it. So people will, if they're not watching Rachel and Lawrence O'Donnell and, you know, reruns of uh, my brother that was just taking Roland Martin, they are stealing it in their pockets, believe me, and they will know for sure what the, where that impact is coming from. Not to mention, I don't know about what's going on down there, but in New York, the gas prices are skyrocketing. So yep, they oil. are here too. So, and mm-hmm. gas and oil, and we argued about that last year saying you wanted to see the oil and gas go up because of Texas, but hey, it's gone up. So it's, it's, it's in our pockets. Yeah. You're definitely, yeah, you're right, and that's the best place to get people's attentions if you hit them in the pocket. You know, February is Black History Month, and in this morning's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, 50 years ago to this week, three people were killed, and more than 20 were wounded during a demonstration against racial segregation in Orangeburg, South Carolina, which has become known as the Orangeburg Massacre. Let's listen in, and we'll talk on the other side. You're listening to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio. And it's best. We'll be right back. Fifty years ago this week, three people were killed and more than 20 wounded during a demonstration against racial segregation at a bowling alley in South Carolina. In 1968, four years after the Civil Rights Bill was passed, the uh, owner of the bowling alley put a sign in the window saying, Members Only. Cleveland Sellers was a civil rights coordinator who recently spoke with South Carolina Public Radio. He was shot during what would become known as the Orangeburg Massacre. He said that Members Only sign caught the attention of student Carolina State had a long and very rich history of engagements in civil rights activities. So it was like waving a red flag in front of the students. Tensions were high after four days of protests. Cleveland Sellers was on campus to talk to the students and try and help avoid conflict with the police. But when he got there, he discovered the police had already drawn their guns. When I got to the group, that's when, you know, the firing started up and it was just popping and shooting. You could smell the gunfire. And I got hit when I went down. I almost did a spread eagle, almost like a belly flop getting onto the ground. And I could also hear the students saying, help me, I've been hit, I'm shot. Three African-Americans were killed that night. The federal government later charged state police officers with using excessive force at a campus protest. But Cleveland Sellers went to prison and trumped up riot charges. 25 years later, he was pardoned. 
Dr. Seller says that misinformation at the time, like reports of student gunfire, convinced many people that the police had acted correctly. There has still never been an official state investigation into what really happened that night. Justice was not served and still has not been served. I keep being hopeful that someone will come along and get the state to look at the Orangeburg massacre. Let's get the truth straight and do what we need to do to deal with the pain and move on to a point where we can get past this. Until then, Cleveland Seller says the Orangeburg massacre will remain an open wound. Informants and less is sponsored by the TJR's Radio Network online radio. It is best. And right back after this, don't go nowhere. She's coined a new term for the times we're living in. Brace for it, parents of America. Alternative facts. Alternative facts. What are those? What? Alternative facts? Lies. We fit. Also known as stereotypes or false narratives. It's like saying black history began with slavery. That's offensive. Or that we'll never see another black president in our lifetime. What about me? This Black History Month, we're focusing on the facts. Not on Tony facts. Indisputable. Truth. Real. Black girl magic is real. Black boy joy is real. Black wealth is real. Black beauty is real. Black support is real. Black excellence is real. It's real. Black love, that's real. Black lives are real. I'm real. Black history didn't begin with slavery, and it doesn't end with the Obamas. Whom we love and miss. No, like, really, we really miss you. Facts. Welcome back in 347-850-1272 is our calling number 347-850-1272. Welcome back in. And it's time for a segment that uh, was very popular uh, when we first introduced it last month. And it's called YTP, which is known as Your Thoughts, Please. And what we try to do is we try to hit as many topics as we can in a very short period of time that we have. But before we do that, let me send a very special shout-out to uh, Vanessa Maybelli from Namakinelli. She is uh, in the hospital. She's in intensive care. Uh, I've been talking to her. Um, she's trying to get through this tough time So your thoughts and prayers Please send those out to Vanessa Because she really and truly needs it right about now uh, So uh, our thoughts and prayers Are going out to Vanessa Most definitely uh, most most definite. that's, you know, that's, our, that's our family You know Absolutely Always. It's a tough thing yeah. Alright so it's time once again For the edition of uh, Your Thoughts Please And uh, let's get this thing started First topic please <laughs> She's back. I'm Omarosa. This morning, President Trump hit with some reality show revenge. This is 100% worse. Why? Because it wasn't a game show. Omarosa Manigault Newman revealing on the CBS show Celebrity Big Brother she's worried about the Trump White House after seeing it from the inside. You know, I'd like to say not my problem, but I can't say that because... Should we be worried? Don't say that. Because no. we are worried, but I need you to say, no, it's going to be okay. okay. No, it's going to not be okay. 
not. So bad. Now, for the first time, sharing her regrets about working for the president. Like, I was haunted by tweets every single day. Like, what is he going to tweet? Does anybody say to him, what are you doing? I mean, I tried to be that person, and then all of the people around him attacked me. It was like, keep her away. Don't give her access. Don't let her talk. The White House downplaying her access to the Commander-in-Chief. Omarosa was fired three times on The Apprentice, and uh, this is the fourth time we let her go. Um, she had limited contact with the President while here. She has no contact now. Online radio at its best. All right, how much of this is real and how much of this is phony? Let me start with you, host team, man. What do you think about this chick, man? Should we listen to what she's saying? Because she was on the inside. So, I mean, is there any truth to some of this nonsense that Amorosa is spilling out there? Your thoughts, please. What she really needs to do, Jay, is go find a corner <laughs> in some backwoods country town and just live her life peacefully with nobody around her. For the simple fact that she's not credible, Jay. She is not. It was cool as long as you don't she believe anything she's saying. Around, I don't believe a damn thing comes out of her mouth. And so the thing is, though, now, I don't know if y'all guys remember, know this. When she was in the White House, she had cameras walking around behind her, filming her walking to the different uh, offices in the White House. Uh, but then she stopped because one of the uh, uh, staff members told her that that's not appropriate to have the cameras in the White House. And so she stopped. But the thing is, she would still be there. If, it did, if they did not fire her. So she's basically trying to get us some get back. So now all of a sudden, the Jew for the black people and my people, it was disturbing what I saw and heard in the White House. But when you was there, you didn't say anything. So that makes your whole statement not credible. And I don't believe nothing comes out of my mouth, Jay. I really don't. Don't like wow. the lady. Don't wow. like the lady. You, don't like the lady. Wow, what about What's you, Jerome? You don't think anything she's saying is credible, man? You don't think that she has some inside knowledge? She said it's bad, very bad. Trying to sell TV, trying to sell uh, ratings, or do you think some of this stuff is true? Well, we all know that it is true. It's Thank just you. that she's not credible, right? So she's not true. It's, it's almost like saying, you know, um, Trump's poll numbers are going up, but we know he paid a porn star one hundred thirty thousand dollars. Like, like we know that dude is not doesn't have good character. His ethics is bad. So. Why would we think that any of his other intentions are good while we know this about his character? So no matter what she says, although she can be absolutely 100% correct, she is the one that said that we will bow down to Donald Trump. Like, she was, she was, you know. Yeah, she was all in. She was all in. Yeah, Yeah, she was his right hand for a minute. So this is is like a, a, a trial a mob trial where the boss goes down and you trying to flip. Like, yeah, some of the stuff you yeah. saying is correct, but that don't make you any better than him because you wouldn't kill 12 people your dang on self. She's oh, man, just Kathleen. Back. And wait a minute. Kathleen, and remember, come save your sister. Come on, Jerome. Remember, to the sister. Wait a minute. She was doing this to April Ryan, too, remember? Yep. Remember when she was in the White House? She was trolling black people. That was yep. her job. Yeah. beat down black people. That um, said something against him. Yep. So okay. nobody black could ever feel sorry for. <laughs> Come on, Kath. Come on, Kathleen. 
This is your sister. Okay, so Come on now. Where you at? Actually, actually, I really, I, I, I didn't watch the show, and I, as soon as I heard her voice, I stopped listening for a minute, and then I pinched myself and said, wait a minute, you're on the radio. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I tried to call oh, my God. I tried to listen Ouch. for a couple of words, but I'll just give you this. Let me just give you this. So imagine that I am, give me another person that's like the worst person in the world. Oh, imagine that I'm Russell right now. And so, right, and so I'm or Sean Hannity. I am yeah. or Sean Hannity. And I, I am them right now. I'm not Kathleen. I want you all to know that grass is green. It is so green. And oh my God. <laughs> every time I look at it, it's so very green. And cars, they run on gasoline. Oh my God. Can you believe they run on gasoline? So are we going to, and the sky is blue. So are we going to believe it? Well, of course we believe it because we know it's true. But are you telling us anything that we have? Just like Jerome said, that's what I was thinking the whole time. I'm like, uh, duh. So you're just saying now what we've known from the day that you walked in there. So what is this that you're trying to come with after the fact to tell us that something is that we already know? You know, then you're gonna tell me that just tell fat meat. Fat meat is really easy. Oh wow, you just so, said okay, Kathleen. I, I can't do you no right? more. See, I thought you had her back. Okay, whatever, Kathleen. We're moving on from yeah, you now. No, Good what, God. What you think that? I, I, know. I don't know what I don't know what I was thinking. I was crazy. I was crazy. That was crazy. Yeah, I know. All right, look. Next topic, please. It's been terrible to watch because I've seen. I know him. Uh, I've seen him my whole life. I've seen the things he's done. You know, it's amazing. All the rappers, all the this, all his African-American friends, from Jesse Jackson to Al Sharpton, you know, I have pictures with them the whole life. We say, hi, I've always been friends. You know, it was only till he got into politics that all of a sudden, oh, he's the most terrible human being. So his dad has black friends. I mean, would you no. like to respond to that, Congressman? Yeah, his dad is what he says he is. Listen to his statements. Who do you believe... Uh, Donald Trump Jr. or your lying ears. We've heard what Donald Trump has said, first starting for me in New York with the Central Park Five, then denying the first black president with the Bertha incident, saying he could not be possibly born in the United States. Then you heard about his first thing out of his mouth with reference to Mexicans, calling them rapists and thieves, etc. Then a Latino judge, a Mexican judge, couldn't be the person that could do that. You go on and on and on, on to Charlottesville, on to the BS, I mean, the, uh, the, the, the comment he made about Haiti and Africa. Everything that has come out of his mouth, all the policy that he's put forward has been anti-people of color. So if it sounds like a duck and if it looks like a duck, it's a duck. So he's made <laughs> racist statements. Uh, he has wow. continued policies that I believe are racist in nature. Uh, and so, therefore, you can say something that, you know, you can color it any way you want. But the facts are what the facts are. Online radio at its best. Wow. Okay, so Donald Trump has black friends. Oh, boy, I tell you what. Isn't this crazy? Silly as your thoughts. Hmm. Or Donald Trump Jr. trying to defend his dad, saying all the rappers. He said Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton doesn't like Donald Trump. What the hell are you trying to sell to us, man? Come on. Look, man. I've learned a long time ago, if you're not a racist, you don't have to tell nobody. It shows. For all the people that say, I got black friends. Okay. If you have black friends, brother, it would show. Anytime somebody tells me that, I know it's a lie. I know it's a lie. The bottom line is, 
Racists have to say that because they're they're being racist. They're being called out for being racist. That's just the bottom line, man. So that's a bunch of crap. But but you're wrong. Here's what I don't here's what I don't understand. Why does he even care? I mean, it's not like he cares. I mean, he doesn't care about the black vote. So what, what, why? So what is it? All of a sudden, his son wants to go out and say, "Oh my God, my dad has black friends." And he named like four. All oh. the rappers, like they're not well, white rappers too. These people are pathetic. Like the, I can't remember who the guy who wrote the biographer, who guy who ghostwritten for him. Like he said, he admires and fears black people, and you can tell. You know, but here's the thing about that. I want to say this to the Black Coalition, our next convention. I really need to put this on the table. Did you let your white friends know that just because sometimes you hug them and hang out with them, you don't love them? Can you just tell them that? Because people are misconstruing <laughs> black people culturally for the fact that they got approval of black folks to make decisions for black people. Just because you know somebody black don't mean that you understand black folks. Black people are bilingual. So I'm going to put that in the next, um, to put that up to the coalition to say, or the congregation to tell black folks that we really need to make that clear and have some wording for white folks to let them know, we cool, but you still can't come to my house. I don't know how to word that, but we need to put that out there. <laughs> make it a bumper sticker. What about you, home team, your thoughts on this? Um. <clears throat> Just because you have black friends doesn't mean a damn thing. What he's really saying, I tolerate black people. That's really what it says. Co-worker, I tolerate. <laughs> and, and then another thing well. is, Jay, is that we need not forget Donald Trump was raised by a man that held a high position in the Ku Klux Klan. So the apple does not fall far fall, fall, fall from the tree. Trump has been bred Bread it, bread it, there's deep racism in the system. And it shows every time he opens his mouth about uh, topics of color. Kathleen, I'm going to assume that this is a clean sweep. Your thoughts, please. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, and I just add to um, what Jerome said, or, or just say it a different way because you did say it. Just because I, I give you a hug, shake your hand, or we have Starbucks together doesn't mean that we're friends either. <laughs> yeah, it's cold this morning, boy. Tough, 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 tough. All right, next topic, please. You want to talk about not protecting these borders, doing nothing about Russia. That's what he's doing, and that to me is offensive. See, see, the thing that people really don't understand about the president, he's probably doing an enormous amount. In fact, I know that he's doing an enormous amount, but one thing he doesn't like doing, particularly in a military situation or a cyber warfare situation, is declaring what he's doing. Uh, The last president made the mistake of telling the Taliban when he was leaving Afghanistan, which caused the Talibanis and all the other terrorist groups to move in. And so I appreciate what you're saying, and thank you for sharing those words that I had uh, from two years ago. But here's what you're missing. This is what you're you're missing about the president. And no, actually, you know what? He was coming at me, and I came at him in the same way I'm going to come at you. Try it. Let me me speak, and then you can rebut me. Let me speak. Try it. Here's the thing that you're missing about the president, okay? He loves the FBI. He loves the CIA. 
He loves law enforcement. I travel on 26 campaign stops with him, and every time he came off the plane, they rushed him for selfies. Okay, at the end of the day, the border control endorsed him. He is pro law enforcement, like every wait, 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 typical Republican. Just, He's just upset about the politics at the top a huge, level. A huge, of the huge, huge. Let me come at you. 419 to 3, 92, uh, 98 to 2. Also, he attacked the intelligence community before he became president. 17 agencies said Russia interfered with this election. He refused. He refused to believe it. He is trying to present an alternate reality. That's what he does. Not no, no, no. That's what he does. Seventeen no, intelligence agencies. The head of the CIA, Mike Pompeo, is saying it's not collusion. Wrong. He opponent said this week they will interfere no in 2018. In just, want to, just want to get some on the record. The president has had at least two tweets in the last two days. One saying that the online radio at its best. Well, I miss that guy. You recognize the voice? That was the Mooch and Roland Martin going heads up. On CNN, I mean, I'm sorry, on ABC's this week. Mr. Elias, man, are we going to miss Roland Martin, man? Because Roland don't take no stuff from nobody. Your thoughts? Roland tells it like it is, man. I mean, bottom line, you know, for you to sit here and say that that Trump likes, he's uh, he's all all in bed with the uh, law enforcement, he's full of crap. Look what he's done to the FBI. He's fired all the Republicans, and now he's looking to fire the third Republican that he can fire. Come on, man. Let's, let's call it what it is. If you don't side with him, loyalty is his whole deal. If you don't side with him and you're not loyal to him, he gets rid of you. And that's how he runs his, his, his uh, administration. The bottom line. Gets no better than that. Yeah, I'm going to miss Roland Martin, most definitely. I still got some of his... Uh, I still just go back sometimes look at some of his, uh, uh, his tapes, man. I'm, I'm going to definitely miss Roland. You know, the one thing I like about him, Jerome, is that he's, you know, look, you know, just a protocol when you're on television and doing all these types of things. He's like, look here, man, come at me. He said, I'm going to come at you. Okay, try it. Try it. We're going to miss that dialogue. We're going to miss that spunk with Roland. Do you think he's going to show up on MSNBC? Uh, no. Just like Keith Oberman's not back. Now, here's the thing. When somebody comes to you and says something like, there was no collusion, you can tell them this. Collusion is when you are working in concert with someone. So the Russians, Donald Trump went out and says, oh, I love WikiLeaks. Uh, Release some more WikiLeaks. He actually colluded with them because people in his campaign was using information that they knew was coming from a source that he wasn't supposed to be working with. He colluded with them. Just like Rudy Giuliani went on TV and says, hey, some stuff is going to be coming out in a few days, but I can't say nothing. He knew what was coming out. So regardless of what somebody says that there was no collusion, I am here to tell you that those two examples tells you that there's collusion. And, you know, as far as Roland Martin is concerned, I, I didn't really watch Roland Martin, but I can tell you this. Somebody needs to be an honest broker when it comes to news and, um, and television, because even if you look at MSNBC or CNN or any of those nuts, I think that they're still all playing in the same game because that's what supremacy is. White supremacy buys into the, the rationale that although you're racist and crazy and misogynistic, we really need to hear what you're going to do about infrastructure. That's, it says ignore all this other stuff and we need to move on. Yeah, we killed all the men, but the women and children need to work together so we can work together, you know, build another society. That's what white supremacy does. It makes you ignore the obvious 
and all the foul, unethical, um, immoral things that people do to you and then tell you to still keep them in position so that you can listen to uh, what they would consider to be spin. So we need to be smarter than that. So for people like Roland Martin, um, no, I wouldn't expect mainstream media to give him a job anyplace. Wow. Kathleen, what your thoughts on this whole thing? The bottom line is is that they're trying to prove that the president has black friends. Don King, once again, he mentioned Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton can't stand the man. But, you know, your thoughts on this whole thing? I think those, that in itself is another example of alternative facts and his obvious lies. Um, and, you know, the, using the term black people, is, is it's always relative, right? Because if you're friends with Ben Carson, do I really consider that friends with black people? You know, maybe friends with mentally ill people, but <laughs> I don't know that it's friends. You know, you can't. You can't use that terminology and just decide that. And, and, and being friends with black people doesn't mean also that you're friends with the mission of the black community. You, it doesn't mean that you have any uh, empathy for um, truth and justice and, um, and removing oppression from the world. That you know, I'm sure that slave master says, "Oh, I have a whole, lot, I have what black girlfriends." You know, like, come on, really? You, those were not your girlfriends; those were slaves that you were raping. You know, it, it. If you take it from his his mouth, he could say absolutely anything, and people are. You know, what's what's so surprising to me is that people actually think that they need to look at, evaluate, analyze the crap that's coming out of these people's mouths is like, because at some point you have to wonder, well, who's the fool here? You know, the fact that I'm arguing with you, does that make me the fool? You might be the smart one and I'm the fool because I know you're lying. Why am I even talking to you? Once I don't get it. <laughs> wow. That's some good stuff right there. Very influential, very informational. I love it. All right. Let's get into one more. Let's see. Can we get, let's see. Can we fit another one in here? All right. Next topic, please. <laughs> Speaking of controversy, controversy, right? Controversy, and what people are saying online, um, a lot of people are talking about the ads, of course. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And there's a lot of, oh, this one was funny, this one was great, but people were upset once you know mm-hmm. the history behind the Rams commercial, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. So what happened? They they used Martin Luther King's speech yep. 50 years ago, the speech he gave on yesterday's Yesterday. day. So mm-hmm. on February 4th, 1968, he gave yep. this specific speech. And the title of that speech is, I'm pulling it up here, uh, Drum Major Instinct. And so okay. he goes into length about what Ariane and how did Rams use it. Okay. So the Rams commercial was about inspiring hope and mm-hmm. promoting acts of service and using their commercial to do that. And they used excerpts from Dr. King, well, they used Dr. King's speech to promote this idea of service. Mm -hmm. But what they chose not to do was put context to this. Mm -hmm. In the speech that they pulled from, Dr. King talks about the problems with capitalism and how American advertisers in general use their ad campaigns to persuade the American consumers Mm -hmm. to buy things that they Mm -hmm. don't need. When that is exactly what Dodge did. They're using this ad and taking his words out of context to have Americans have positive feelings towards the brand so that they're inspired to buy more products. And I was like, everyone's scratching their head like, mm-hmm. how sway? 
How is did this you know the way that you choose to use the ad? I didn't know it. In that time, right. In that moment, but I'm Twitter thinking, sure did educate you, me. you mm-hmm. hear his voice, mm-hmm. and right away, you're drawn in. And then right. you learn that 50 years ago to the day. I'm like, wow, that's incredible. Yes. You're, you're- Online radio at its best. You know what? A lot of criticism, and rightfully so, based on that ad. You know, the bottom line is, Mr. Elias, the whole context of that speech was ignored during that Dodge Ram commercial. What the hell was that? <laughs> Are you hey, serious? Man, look, look, man, they, they tried everything to demasculate us, man, as men. So now they, they, they're having them dress up as women didn't help. So now they're, they're, they're trying to destroy, destroy, destroy the black family. God bless them, man. This is this is what they, they black men don't realize the, the, the gift that they are to anyone. Just as black they, black huh? men don't realize what? Whoa, 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 whoa! Where, where are you going with this? I mean, are we, are we talking about the same commercial? You talking about the uh, black the uh, the uh, the white women, right? On the uh, no, what commercial we're you talking about? about the Dodge. <laughs> oh no, man. Oh, oh man, I, I, like, I just got back, Jenny. I, I just got a okay, phone call. That's okay, don't worry about it. Okay, my bad. My, you had to go take care of it. Okay, let me go to you, Jerome. Jerome, I'm like, whoa, yeah. still here. Slow your roll, brother. All right, so we're talking about the MLK commercial where Don, yeah. during the Super Bowl, they used MLK's voice as a voiceover yeah. to try to get, convince people to buy Ram trucks. I mean, come on, man. What was that? Yeah, you know, so here's the thing. Um, I, with capitalism, again, that everything is free game to them. So it's just like, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to go off on this quite yet, but it's, I'll talk about it probably in the news. But it's just like using print images and, and having some somebody come out and tell you what that they interpreted this black person's words to mean, right? You have Dodge coming out using Martin Luther King's words out of context just to make their point and that's what white folks normally do they take a little bit of our words turn them it's like knowing i I remember when the song getting jiggy with it came out jiggy doesn't mean that you can dance it never meant that to black people but white folks met jiggy means dance to them they will turn your words and your phrases to accommodate whatever their belief systems are and that's just another example of, of folks doing that. I don't know if we should be mad at them or should we not care, but the fact is, is that Martin Luther King's family has no control over it. So just like I, I, the reason I mentioned Prince's um, in the Super Bowl thing is because his family had no control over them using his image and his um, vocals at the Super Bowl because once you have an estate um, – those guys, those white guys, are making decisions on what they are interpreting your words to mean, and that the state of Martin Luther King says, "Oh, okay," but did they consult the family? No. The, the state oh, of I Prince said, "Oh, yeah, to, you can use Prince and stuff." But did they ask his family? No. His family disagreed. So that should tell us no, all I... something that if you want to have an executor to your will, please get a will and actually assign the right to somebody who you want to have them because apparently white folks are not good um, arbiters of black people's thoughts, words or actions you can't let them make determinations because they don't know well, I thought the King family did give him permission, and a lot of people were saying, now, wait a minute, you guys are fighting over everything else, but did you guys give these folks permission to use this? Nope, Bernice King and Martin Luther King III and the King Center 
all said that no, they didn't even ask them for one. Oh wow! The uh, but some, some of the king, some of the family members was uh, uh did approve of it, Jay. Right, but, but the king of state. state, the king of state is not the family. Right, right. That's, that's true. That's ones true. who approved the audio and they approved right. using the image of Martin Luther King. The family in the King yeah. Center, right? So when you start getting down to second and third cousins, like you get enough people in your family, there's always going to be some. <laughs> there was one of the kings at that Trump thing, wasn't it? But yeah. That, well, that was yeah, know, that was the yeah, that was the, the nephew or something like that. Yeah, the nephew, the right? So that's yeah, all I'm yeah. saying. You, I, I'm not blaming their family for Jack. I'm just saying. The, the direct descendants, like his, his daughter and son and the people at the King Center, did not approve it. And we need to kind of see that for what it's worth. Because everybody who knows you don't make decisions for what they think that your um, your perspective on the world is. They say, hey, you, you knew Jay, so what do you think Jay would say about this? And I, mm, I don't know. You know, that, you, know you, you can't just arbitrarily say because you are related to somebody that you even know that person. So getting a king to side with them is 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 um, underhanded to me, because if you don't go through the king center or the the children who have um, who have government over some of his um, his works and his artifacts and all of that, if you don't go to them, then technically I can give a yeah. rat what the estate says. Because again, those are court assigned um, executors of someone's estate, and they're normally well, not black. Get out. What about you, Kathleen? What do you think about this? They mis- misrepresented the, the words of Dr. King. He was talking about service, doing all these types of things, and they want you to go out and your service is to go out and buy a Dodge Ram. And I own one too. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should turn the keys back in. Your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'll just offer back what I heard, um, you know, what I, what I was thinking. And Al, Sha- Al Sharpton, Reverend Sharpton, uh, said also in an interview about this. Um, so, Dodge, you want to use Dr. King's words, but you don't, you want to use, your, use his words to sell your cars, but you don't want to acknowledge your words in your own business practices. So, show us how many black executives you have in the Dodge Corporation. Show us how many black people you turn to and use to screen this idea before you put it on television in a Super Bowl ad. Did you have anyone that respected truly the dream that participated in your decision to do this? How many black marketing He didn't say all this, right? This is where I was because this is what I wrote about H&M. Same thing. So you want to use us, but you don't want to use us. So that, you know, so yes, I think you should take your car back. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should. And, uh, yeah, Damn. you know, and I, and I think that, you know, our, our dollars, like anything else, have to reflect, um, you know, reflect what we believe in, or at least not be spent on people that are just blatantly trying to crush us. So, I mean, you know, we might not all, we might all have to turn all of our cars in if we get too particular with it, but we could at least put pressure where pressure is due. So if you don't want to take your car back, car back let's put some pressure on Dodge to retract that or change their um, corporate, their C-suite. I guess I'll drive my other car. 
My other car. We all know what that is. All right, let's try to get this last one in before we get out of here. It's been terrible to watch because I've seen. I know him. Uh, I've seen him my whole life. I've seen the things he's done. You know, it's amazing. All the rappers, all the this, all his African American friends, from Jesse Jackson to Al. Okay, that's not it. It was actually about the Black Panther movie. I guess this was mislabeled, but let's go ahead and have that conversation real quick. The Black Panther movie has gotten people fired up. A black superhero who is commanding the scenes, and I'm here to tell you, it looks like it's something that I want to watch. Jerome, man, are you excited about Black Panther? Because they interviewed a lot of African-American kids, and they're saying, look, we just got our... We just had our first African-American president. Now we have a superhero that's dominating, uh, that's going to be dominating the cinema front. They are excited. What about you? Yeah, you know, actually, I'm looking forward to seeing this. It is Marvel's just, just give, to give us uh, a picture, a construct of what Black Panther is. Black Panther is yeah. set in Marvel's most technically advanced society of any of the Marvel's characters. So we're talking, yes. you know, whether it's Superman or whatever, Flash, the technology on Black Panther is above all of the other Marvel's, um, you know, whether it's X-Men or whatever, it is Black yeah. Panther. So not only do they have an all-black society, it's the most technically advanced society of all of them. I'm interested to see how that's going to turn out. What about you, Home Tim? I know you're not a big comic book fan, but the bottom line is is that uh, people are excited about this, and uh, we'll see what happens. What about you? You want to see Black Panther? Um, i got to be honest. The initially, I wasn't all in. Uh, so I had to go back and think about it, and now I came to the conclusion that this is a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing now. We have a black face being a superhero, not a black face running around shooting, uh, robbing, stealing. We have a black superhero. So kids now can say, hey, we also can be a, a superhero and, and, and put us in a positive light. So I actually get extremely excited now. I can't wait. I can't wait to go see it, man. Yeah. I'm all in. You know. Kathleen, you know, this reminds me of the buzz when uh, Coming to America first came out, which, by the way, is one of my favorite movies. They talked about how, uh, you know, here's the depiction of a, a royal family, and the bottom line is it got a lot of press when it came out. And so now I'm starting to see the same thing here uh, with uh, Black Panther. A lot of people are excited about what's going on with Black Panther. I actually don't think that it gets the press that it deserves. You know, it is. It's still with the records that Black Panther is breaking right now. It is still sadly unsung. If this was a white movie getting this kind of money and pre-sales and everything else, it would be. You wouldn't hear anything else. It would be no. I don't think whatever. I agree. Um, You know, so we hear about it because black people are spending money on this, trying to get pre-sales, and you still have trouble getting tickets to see the movie when it opens up on the 17th. I've never heard of anything like this before. I'm like, pre-sales? What are you talking about? So I'm online actually trying to buy um, tickets for the show now, and I think it's over. they've, They've outsold most movies run in the theater before it even opens. So yes, I think this is amazing, but they are keeping it quieter. You know, they're just, they're letting out what they can't hold back. So yes, I think this is amazing. And of course it's amazing. It's us. 
I mean, like, really? What if, what would what would you expect? It's just it's back, right? I'm like, it's come on. Yes, it's amazing. We are amazing. We are amazing indeed. Go ahead, and hopefully they they put it in more than one theater per um, multiplex. You know that's the problem. If they're selling yes. out, they know they need to more add more theaters. That's so right. So if this was Superman, they'd add like four theaters opposed yes. to having one. But since they don't want to have that many black people in the movie theaters, they're probably only gonna have one. Yep. yep. We need to watch how many theaters this thing opens in too, because that does hinder how much these movies make when Can people make. can't get in to see them. Wow. You think they were all about the money. So you so you think I mean my goodness, but the bottom so you don't think with all the hype that they won't give this thing more movies, more theaters. Come on, man. I mean this is this is big. Jay, are you new here? Because technically you can go right online so. and check out the movie theater <laughs> that it out was in. You can check. They made over damn near two hundred million dollars. The movie the, the number uh. of theaters that get out was in was not even close to the amount of theaters that Air Bud was in. <laughs> like, you, you had to be search kidding me. for it. You had to search for it. And wow. with all that he made on that movie, he was still snubbed. So, yeah. yeah, you know, people talked about it, but they didn't talk about the, the outrageous success. First time director, first time movie, first time, first time out the gate. And he blew out so many other movies that were out there that were getting more press and more theaters, and more access. Come on. Really? This is going to probably be the most successful Marvel Marvel's franchise ever, too. I think it already is. Yeah, it definitely is in the pre-sales. They're already over $100 million or $120 million, and they haven't even opened. They opened on Friday. Right. And the, wow. the reviews are all... Um, coming out at least four out of five stars in everybody, you know, whether it's in Ireland, whether, you know, from from the international press, the, the reviews are really, really high, which is surprising. So internationally, well, that's good stuff, man. Wow, we are way, way over, which means one thing. Well, okay. All right, listen, this. folks. The website was the National Redistricting Committee. You can you can look it up. I sent it to you, Jay, in the email. Okay, got it. Now I'll make sure I put it out there for all the folks, so you guys can get it out there on social media. Okay, we are way over. We're going to do overtime. I promise you, we're going to go 15 minutes over just to get the full the full brunt of the show. But we have a very important topic that's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the serious side of the Jay Rowell Show. Coming up next on the serious side. The reasons for me to make Why Do I Like Black Girls series is to uplift black women so they know that they're loved, that they're appreciated. Because so many times in society nowadays, black women are overlooked. The most powerful women that I've ever met in my life have been black women. Now, I'm not saying that to hurt any other type of race. See, I'm white. I love all types of races. I personally feel that everyone in this world is beautiful, that Humans are humans, we all have emotions, we all have love, we all make mistakes, we all just do things that we regret, we all do things that are beautiful. So I know that humans are humans, but to me, my preference is I love black women because they go through things on a normal day that most 
people do not go through, that most white women do not go through, and have to deal with so much grief on a normal basis. Now, I'm not saying that because I know, because I'm not a black woman. It doesn't matter if they're light-skinned, brown-skinned, dark-skinned. I just feel like they're more independent. They're more powerful. They're easier to get along with, have a conversation with. That's my preference. I get messages. We will be right back with the third and final set, here on The Serious Side.
back in 347-850-1272. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. And it's best to say good morning to our folks in the house. Say good morning to the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, Mr. Elias. How are you, sir? I am good. And how are you doing, sir? Doing good, man. The smartest man in the world, the one and only Mr. Jerome Esprit. Good morning, Jerome. How are you, sir? Hey, good morning. Shout out to my girl, Vanessa. Hey. Most definitely. Absolutely. What's up to Vanessa Maybelli from the McAnally? Also, Momo B's in the house as well. Good morning to you. Kathleen Williams is in the house. Hey, Kathleen. How are you? Good morning. Oh, blessed and highly favored. Thank you so much. And sending prayers to Vanessa as well. Absolutely. And, of course, our main man is in the house, home team. Mac is in the house. Good morning, Mac. What's happening, sir? What's up, my man? Good to be here. And, uh, of course, the resident, the official show texter of the serious side is in the house, uh, Johnny D. Let me read some of his texts because we're not going to be able to do Chatterbox today because we have a lot going on that we went over. So let me read some of this stuff here. Let's say, uh, Amarosa. Regardless of what your views of Amarosa may be, she was extended. Her she has extended her 15 minutes into an hour. We need not let her enjoy the privilege and benefit of making this mini series. This opportunist will never reveal anything of substance without compensation. Wow, she is clearly bringing suspense prior to the release of her interviews and mm-hmm. books. Man, Mm -mm -mm. and I have one more I'm going to read that he has to say about Trump, but I'll read that a little later on in the segment. All right, now coming in, Mr. Elias, can we say hello to some people in the chat room? Let's say hi to some folks real quick. Uh, Just had Jackie, uh, and I guess we had problems with people getting in the chat room this morning. Is that right? Okay. Well, I know people out here on social media saying what's up. A lot of people, there are the the same folks are out here, but you know, I always got to say good morning to this man. Mr. Elias, you know who this man is, don't you? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, man, Mr. Elias. Mr. Elias. Pastor, Pastor, I apologize. Oh. I apologize. Okay. Every Sunday right. you listen to this show, and our guys don't even know who you are. Now, I know, Jerome, I know Jerome knew the answer to that question, but let me just go ahead and say what's happening. Pastor Stephen Jones, Richmond, Texas, in the house. What's going on? Carlos, what's going on with you? Frankie, what's happening? Steph, all the people who usually tune in during the live broadcast, we love you. And those of you all who chimed in during the week, we love you as well. Let's get into this uh, topic here because we have a lot to do. We're going to... This guy here, let's just mute his mic. This guy forgot he's on the radio. He must think he's sitting in his house somewhere. Mute his mic, Mr. Elias. All right, so let's talk about this because we started this topic last week, and uh, it really and truly uh, invokes some great conversation. And so my topic or my title for it is the whitewashing of America. Is this a situation where now we're starting to see more and more commercials featuring white men and black women? And so now the question becomes is what exactly is Hollywood or the media or, you know, the corporations, what are they trying to betray? Is this a sign of unity, right, or is this this a situation where they're trying to once again, is this a, a, I should say, is this a form of suppression? We're going to get rid of the black man, right, because we want – to make sure that we stay on top of things. So now the white man is going to replace you 
in the lives of black women. Now, I've read a lot. Of, I have some comments that I may read during this segment uh, from people because when we started talking about this last week, this gave people the whole week the opportunity to respond. And I tell you, a lot of sisters are not responding in the way that we thought they would respond. Now, let me just say that. So before I start pulling up some of these comments, let me go to you, Jerome. Well, what do you think what's going on here, man, with, with, with these commercials? Because they're becoming, they're becoming more and more noticeable every week. I mean, I see, I see them all throughout the week now, and I guess there's nothing. Am I a racist? I mean, what, what does it say about me that this is, actually, this is actually showing up on my radar? I mean, should I be looking at this, or is this something that we should just, hey, look, there are interracial couples in America. We should just accept it, embrace it, and move on. Your thoughts, please. It didn't show up on your radar because you didn't notice it. It is actually happening. So just like having um, a white Cleopatra the other day or whatever, Nefertiti, <laughs> like just having that, <laughs> kind of tells you yeah. what is actually going on. But, you know, yeah, I've I've noticed it. I've posted about it on social media, and most people come on and say, hey, I thought I was the only one that noticed this. And there is something going on to that. Like there, we have to – kind of look at the bigger picture, especially those of us who are in leadership. We we do have to look at the bigger picture. I really don't play with the pettiness of, you know, the comparison to white women and black men and black women. And I, I am looking at um, Crohn's disease medication with, you know, a bunch of, you know, with a black woman and a biracial child and a white man, knowing that you know, white folks generally, I'm not saying that black people can't get Crohn's disease. I am saying that that's primarily uh, one of the markers that's already in them from having Neanderthal DNA, right? So Crohn's disease and, and all these other things, like when I watch the advertisement that is specifically targeting white folks that has biracial or, or black women in it, it kind of says something to me. So I'm trying to figure it out with the rest of y'all. I, I haven't come to a conclusion about it, but it seems really weird to me that these are not targeted towards black folks. Those are targeted towards white folks. There is something else to be said about it. You know, interesting, Kathleen Williams, throughout the week, a lot of sisters were on your bandwagon based on some of the comments you made last Sunday. So let me swing around to you uh, because a lot of black women, a lot of sisters, and I'm just going to assume that they're sisters because they said I am a black woman, so they are sisters. <laughs> they were saying things like, okay, look, so now black men are starting to get – they turned this on us, right? So they're saying now black men are starting to get upset because something that they've been doing for ages is starting to come back and bite them in the tail. We're starting to look outside of y'all because y'all been doing this to us for years. What say you in regards to that? Um, oh boy. Okay, so first of all, that that is what I said last week. But I do. No, I know you did. No, I just I kind of dub. No, I know you didn't say that. I know you did not. They, they they applauded what you said last week, but I added the piece of the whole turnaround thing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you yeah. Didn't say that. Um, but what I do want to so I do want to highlight first as we start out that um, we are not on different sides of this issue. You know, so in other words, it's not it's not a, a black woman versus black man kind of thing. But um, I I hear what um, I hear what these sisters are saying. 
But what I what I'd like to add too, I I happen to have been in the, you know, like I mentioned to you all about the medication. I was fighting with them last night, so I was in there last night, and I said, well, while I'm waiting, let me look at some of these magazines. And I picked up the bridal magazine because Serena Williams is on the cover. So I started flipping through, and that that I don't know that they've <laughs> ever had a black bride. I don't know that they've yeah. ever had a black bride on the cover of Bride magazine. Right, but wow. Serena was on the cover, so you know I had to look at it. And of course, Serena's uh, Serena's husband is white, right? So I'm flipping through, and I was like, "Oh boy!" So we look at I looked at that, but then I started flipping through the whole magazine, right? And what I saw was the same thing. More, uh, there was a black black a black woman with a white guy in there. I'd never seen that before. And then there was a black man with a white woman in there. So the three places that you saw black people, they were in interracial couples. There was no black couple. But every other couple, this is Bride Magazine. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's as thick as what you, the old yellow phone book. And every other couple was white on white, right? So I said, okay, now when we watch television, you very, you know, the mass majority of what you're going to see are white couples. But when they show us, they show us split. Not everything, but that's what's happening right now. So yes, we used to see, um, we used to see uh, commercials and shows with um, black men choosing white women, right? Even that movie that was made about the African um, country. The, the, excuse me, the African, yeah, the African country, was it you got, uh, Botswana, right? And the gentleman chose a white bride, the royal family, and you all know what I'm talking about? Yep. Uh, no, I, okay. I don't, but, but okay. I'll follow you. So, I mean, well, this, this was just a, a, a highly featured movie. I believe it's on Netflix right now. Shout out to Monique. But what we are looking at is a, a very subtle way of sending a message to our community that we are looking to white people, right? And that's where our love interest can go. And I don't think that it's, it's not beyond media to take advantage of something that they are finding out in data. It's not beyond them to take advantage of this. And like I said last week, this has been a conversation forever in our community. This has been a conversation that was said to us, when I say conversation, this has been a theme, if you will, that white people have used forever to divide the black man and the black woman, right? Forever. So if you keep them, so when we look at it, I want to just make sure that we're not fighting about it when we look at it. But we look at it with a critical eye and say, what is the message that's being fed to us right now to further divide our community and further divide our families, if you will? Because truth be told, you know, enough of this and then what happens, right? So we, I think it's something that I'm glad you talk, you brought it back as an issue. I'm glad we're talking about it because if we are not careful, this could turn into another battle of the black sexes, right? And has and it had nothing to do with, with us at its inception. Now, and I, I want to add to that to say that 
you know, it should definitely not be a battle between black black folks. It's not a, it's not our issue, right? The issue to me is, and I'm looking at this from a political sense, is that black women is the highest, you know, they're the highest demographic of any demographic in in college, right? So whether they're Asian male, Asian females, white males, white female, black women are, right? So you're separating the lock from the key in this at this point when you demonize black men, but you're like, you know what, y'all too good for them now. Let's just see you with white males. That is the problem. So I think we need to take a, a, a more of an analytical look at why they're separating black women from from black men for one, and why it's more palatable. Because we can, I can also start to cite, you know, the numbers of. Um, the, the fertility problems that they're having in the white community, you know, the, the, those negative birth rates in 15 states, I can cite that and say, but, but that, again, could be going too far for some people. But I, I'm thinking on the surface, when black women are in college but black males aren't there, it is this whole concept of neutralizing them to always feel like they need to be integrated into your like culture somehow and that's more problematic than I think it is um, more of a uh, a fight why is it them and not us we don't fight black people should never fight about that we should not be fighting each other why one person's on TV and the other one isn't I just see them as actors but I just kind of feel like there's something being promoted that we need to talk about yeah, and if I could jump on that real quick. The, the, there is a real concern and a real truth, though, that you will see if you, if you survey the black female community, you will see so many more of us single, never married, divorced maybe, and never remarried without a partner. We are without partners, and it's, it's a very serious issue that you know is not really discussed in the black community like what's happening why are our black women single and so the conversation has been oh they're angry you know they got the head twisting and the finger snapping and don't nobody want to be bothered with them and white women are easy to get along with that's been a conversation for years but we're seeing it now where we see women get to middle age um, and now, we, and now the conversation in the black female community uh, hit between 35 and 45 is: Should I freeze my eggs? Because I never found a mate, I never got married, and you don't have that same conversation amongst black men. So what's happening? And we really do need to look at that. And I think I, I might have mentioned this to Jerome once before that I, I'm actually thinking of filing a lawsuit about this, but we'll talk about it another day. Oh, man, wow. Uh, let's bring it. Let's get out to the phone lines, Mr. Elias. Who do we have out there? This is uh, uh, Rich Sister, Jackie. Hey, what's going on, Jackie? Welcome into the show. What do you have hey, to say about this Hey, how's everybody doing? Good morning. Good morning, Rich Sister. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yep, we can hear you. Oh, oh, oh okay. Sorry, I heard that muted, unmuted. <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah. I definitely see it as um, definitely trying to play into uh, definitely trying to play into the uh, destruction of black families. 
I mean, you you uh, see you see the fact. You, you, let me ask you something. Let me let me press you on that. So you're saying that the fact that you're seeing commercials with white black women with white men, you think that's the overall theme there is the destruction of black families. Is that what you think that's the intent, or do you think that's what happening? That's what's happening based on I mean, what's going on. I mean that that that's what they're. I mean, for them, just putting the images out here. I mean, to me, it it started it started with the feminist movement, and it. I think it's definitely because um, they're putting this image out here. They're trying to say. I mean, I don't know what else they're trying to say. I'm from what you were talking about earlier, the masculation of black men, and and now this, I mean, whether it's, you know, doesn't matter whether it's black man with a white woman or black woman, white man, it's, to me, I get that they're trying to, like what um, someone said earlier, trying to keep us separated, trying to keep, keep black man and the black woman separated. Hmm. There is a message out there. About, I mean, that's the message I'm getting, but I like what Jerome said. That shouldn't be our fight. Well, no, I'm talking about what they're trying to portray, but I like what Jerome was saying. That shouldn't be, we shouldn't be fighting amongst each other as black people. No, I agree with that. Go ahead, home team. What do, what do you have to say? Yeah, man, this here is a uh, very complicated issue, man, and unfortunately, there is no one answer. Uh, I think, just keeping it real, uh, some of our black women is the cause of this. Some of our black men are the cause of this. Most definitely, the white media has a major role in this here. So this is a complicated issue. There's no one answer, bro, and I don't have the answer. Interesting. What about you, Holmes? What about you, uh, Mr. Elias? I haven't heard on you, heard from you on this. What say you? Well, I, like I said, it's the emasculating of a, of of uh, the black man. Just you know, they they like I oh, said before they put you, them. You, you, you just said wrong segment. Uh, segment early. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you know they put them in dresses, and then now you know now they're now they're saying, okay, look. Uh, you know, black men, the, the white, the, black men no good for uh, for the black woman. So I mean, it, it, it's it's all to me uh, how they portray us. I, I I just don't understand why they demasculate us like that. They it, it's just they to me, you know, Public Enemy said it best: fear of a black planet. Right. Yeah. And another thing, G, just to add on to what I said earlier, uh, another issue is that uh, we look up to people. In the can you get closer to your phone? It's hard to hear okay. you. Can, like can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. Go ahead. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Hold on. Sorry. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Hello? Yes, we can. Okay. Yes, we can. Okay. So look. We can. Go ahead. All right. So I appreciate it. So I think another issue is that um, we look at the people in the industry that are uh, athletes, entertainers, and so when you see these. Um, people in Hollywood uh, get married to these non-black females. You have these black men assuming this is what I need to do uh, once I become of age and want to have a family, and you know, and get married. That you know, this guy uh, married this white chick, and so that's like the norm. 
and unfortunately that, that's a major problem as well. Uh, we just look up to these people on the, on the TV screen saying, hey, that's what we should be doing when we, when we get older and want to get uh, want to raise a family. Unfortunately, you know. Yeah, it could be three four seven eight five zero one two seven till we get out here. Once again, we're not doing chatterbox because we are definitely doing an abbreviated show. But I do want to read a comment. I'm going to read some comments from Johnny D here in a second. But I want to read a comment from a listener that's listening real time, and her name is Rosa. She's actually uh, call. She's actually uh, let's see, Rosa. Let me pull it up. I'm sorry. I thought you were going to talk a little bit longer than that, home team. All right, Rosa Marie. She, this is her comment. She said the destruction of the black family. Really? I'm appalled at that comment. I'm the product of a white father and a black mother. My family is strong, and I embrace my black heritage. To say that our family is broken is a ridiculous statement. I still love the show. So I'm not, uh, I don't know who she's responding to, uh, but I don't think any of us said that black family is, well, I think, well, wait a minute, maybe, Jackie, you did say that, the black family is uh, being destroyed. You want to respond to that or or, or what? Well, I, what I was referring to was the was about the images that the media is portraying. I'm, I'm but when you say I the images, refer- but let's talk about that. When you talk about the images, though, I mean, this woman right here, once again, she's saying that she's the product of a biracial family. So what about those biracial people out there who's saying, look, I... Hey, I'm black. I embrace it. The, the, you know, President Obama's biracial. So when we say oh, these things, well, to me, are we? What do we say? I mean, are we? Uh, to well, me, I don't know what the right and, answer and to this question fine. is. And that's fine. She, she's proud of. See, we. So what, what makes her with, any different? What makes her any different from a family who has two black parents? I think that's taking us in another direction. Well, we were talking yeah, about the media because images and the advertising of the the, yeah. the black woman with a white man and or there the is opposite. no difference. So with when nobody, family I don't is think family. I don't think anybody's trying to say, okay, so we hate black biracial children or we think black no, biracial families they, they are where I'm coming from at all. Or whatever. We were talking about the images okay. and the message that's sent out to. Um, black people looking at these images, black children looking at these images and saying, yeah. well, wait a minute, what, what is the message here? Why is it that when I, look at, when I look at the majority of a bride book or I look at the majority of magazines, what I see as normal, right, to me what they say is what's normal is a white man who has married a white woman. That is the normal American dream with the white picket fence and the dog and all the cat and the whatever and the bird, right? That's what's normal America. And then we can see, oh, there might be some black folks in the world. Okay, so now what we'll do is we'll show the black woman, the black man with a white woman if we show anything at all. And on rare occasion we'll show a black couple it, you know, but not featured. But right now, what they're saying is like, okay, if you see a black person, they're not paired up together. They, you know, we're going to normalize them to the extent that we can. This, I'm not saying this is me, but this is the media message that looks like we're going to normalize these black people as much as possible by pairing them with another white person. Because remember, your normal is the white couple. And then we'll show the black man with a white woman, and now we'll show black women with white men. What is it that they're trying to normalize? What is the message that they're sending? 
It's like I, exactly. I, I think I, I told you all. I think I shared this story with you um, when I in my, early in my law career, I was working for a firm, and the the head partner said to me, "Oh, but you're not really black. You're not like the rest of them. You're black <laughs> on the outside and white on the inside. You're an Oreo." Right, mm. so this kind of like, oh, so when we pair, if we don't, we you're not really like the rest of them because we put you over here and gave you a white partner. It's it's a it's a very subtle message, yeah. but if we bring some psychiatrists on here, they may be able to tell us more about where the media marketing is going. But it is not it it's not favorable to the black community. You see an Asian man, he's paired with an Asian woman. You see you know what I mean? That's what you see yeah. as their norm. Yeah, because we're here, not talking about us but, but you But wait a minute, you you've seen African American right. couples together. I, I mean I mean that's not fair to say. I mean you the the problem that people have always said though is that you usually see on B E T you see black commercials, you know, because it's the black family. So why aren't those commercials being seen on uh I guess on mainstream uh, mainstream networks, I guess. I guess that that I, to me, that, that's probably a very, uh, a very uh, valid argument to have. Let's let's get out to the phone lines because I want people to participate. Mr. Elias, who do we have on the line? We got Covina, man. Let's bring him in, Covina, man. I thought you'd be on your bike by now, sir. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm out here camping in the desert, man. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. But I'm doing good. Let me. Uh, oh boy. I, I think that what it is, you have to look at why are these multi-million dollar advertisement firms sending this message. I think it has to do with this last these last elections where black females are voting ninety plus percent for for Democrats. And I yeah. think that they put they want to push a message they want to put the message to get these black women on the team white supremacy. So they the best way to do it is get them a white man. When they get them a white man, they start talking like Diamond and Silk. They 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 bit like Mia Love who's like the the one black female who's in Congress, I mean, who's a, a female Republican, get them a white man and join Team White Supremacy. That's the, the, the quickest way they can to uh, sustain their uh, uh, their, their voting uh, possible majority by, by trying to get your, your, your queen on your board. If you can get the queen off the board, then it, that makes it better for another team to, to beat you in a game of chess. So that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get your queen off the board. Look at this guy going deep this morning. Wow, man, you're digging in the crates this morning, Kavina. Wow. Yeah, and especially especially if your queen doesn't have a king, right? Right. That's what makes her vulnerable, right? If your queen doesn't have a king, that's the only way you can get to the queen. So there's also a conversation for the black community about that, what's happening to our men and why are our our women not married. If your women go unmarried, your race is destroyed anyway because you won't have your reproductive vehicle is not reproducing if she has no man. That's a conversation we have to have. Right, and I I also think that, you know, I think it was about four or five years ago, you know, they kept doing studies on, you know, on um, people's ability to date outside of their race. And black women was found to be the most conservative out of all races, Asian people, black males, who would not date outside their race. So I am saying that they're trying to normalize it somehow to make white men an option for black women and there is 
something to be said about the educational component and why they want black women. They want to co-op black women. I mean, I know that's the bigger picture, but I am saying that we need to be conscious of it so that we know where to get, when to fight against supremacy. And that's where your next frontier is, because once black women turn on black men, hell, we done. We done now, let alone having black women turn against us, because everything rolls wow. through black women. Wow. I, I think we just have to have a whole show about this. I mean, we, we are just up against it, but my goodness. Is, you know, because I want to bring something else into the conversation, but, man, we are really running over. Let me read what the, the, the resident uh, our resident texter has sent in uh Johnny D says, interracial relationships, although I'm married to a wonderful African-American woman of 15 years, I have no problem with interracial relationships. However, I must suggest that my observations have been that white men generally marry accomplished African-American women because they can improve their quality of life, whereby African-American men seek to marry white women for their physical appearance, and they generally have limited value to enhance to enhance our mothers, sisters, and daughters, will have limited choices in relationships. Wow, great show! I totally disagree with Be that. Blessed. I don't think black men date huh? white women for their. I don't think black men date white women for their physical appearance. I think white women, especially at college age, are more aggressive, and so white women actually go at you. So whether you're shy or, or not really that aggressive, white women come at you. Black women, you know, I'm not making a distinction to be a fight against black men and women again. I am just saying that those guys are pursued. So when we start talking about black athletes or black males high profile, I'm saying that they are targeted more than we're seeing now of the um, propaganda of black females with white men. These are not popular, except for Serena Williams. These are not like usually high-profile women or high-profile actresses that they're that they're putting out in the forefront of everybody. We're talking about a marketing to make them palatable to a possibility of dating white men. We're talking about something totally different. So when we start talking about black men dating white women, yes, black, white women were coming at black men because of whatever, you know, women generally go after men with power. So you would just say, you know, if they're a good athlete or they're in this position, that people were chasing after them. And I'm saying that when you went to college and you're the only black person, you know, in your dorm, of course white folks are coming at you, whether it's male or female. So you could be taken out of your environment where your options are limited because you are still a minority on whatever campus you're on. I'm saying it's a bigger problem that we need to deal with and we need to talk about, not that we need to deal with, because it's not our issue. Our issue is not that we're shunning each other because of we don't find each other palatable. It's because we are being sold something, and we need to find out what the propaganda is about. Interesting. All right, let me read this last comment. Wrong, but I just want to add that as, a only, as the only black female on predominantly white campuses, the white men were not running after me. I'm just saying. <laughs> they were blind, right, exactly. They were blind. Uh, they were uh, blind. Or, 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 about that. Yeah. I can tell you that. Uh, they were exactly. scared because black women does not didn't find black white men palatable. That's why I was saying that polling early on kept saying black women were more conservative and they weren't interested in white men. So white men have a fear and a love of black women. 
it was kind of what I said about the biographer for um, Donald Trump's book. He admires and fears black people is why he has an issue with black people. He'll take a picture with Puffy and at the same time say that black people um, don't deserve this and that, right? The thing is, is that having admiration for somebody and having a fear of them at the same time just says that, yeah, you can admire them from a distance, but you ain't going to walk up on them because you're scared of them. So and that doesn't surprise me, but I'm just saying that the marketing of that so that black women can find them palatable is a whole nother story. All right, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Let's do this because I think this is a fascinating topic, and maybe we should start a three-part series. So next week we'll have another conversation about this, and we'll t- t- take the span of African-American men because, you know, Johnny D said something I thought was very interesting as well in his message, he, and he talked about how uh, he says African-American men need to stop placing themselves in situations of incarceration and being there for their family. And then he says, Brother Jerome is correct in his analysis. Again, the African-American man and that seeks the African-American woman, I'm sorry, the African-American man that seeks the white woman seek more, seek are more accomplished and or popular than they are at the onset of their relationship. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry because he sent them in bunches, so I'm trying to read from one text to another. All right, so we're going to have some more, we're going to talk about this a little bit more. But I'll tell you what, we, we need to get right into Jerome's show, portion of the show. And Jerome, if you're ready, I'd like to take us there. We're going over time today, folks, so... Uh, hang in there. You get some extra bonus coverage. And next week we're going to have another conversation. And I think what we'll do, Mr. LS, I think what we'll do is we'll go ahead and give this. We'll do two two topics on this. I think we need an hour to talk about this. We may even take the whole show. I think it's an interesting topic. I'm starting to get a lot of comments in from social media. I cannot read them. We are against it, folks. But what this is telling me is that this is something that folks in our community want to have a conversation about. And damn it, this is your platform. This is your show. And we're going to do what you want. So if that's what you want to talk about, then we're going to talk about it. So next week, we'll spend the show talking about this topic. This has to be the longest topic in the world. Mm-hmm. Humble Stelly S, man, three weeks and running. People want to talk about it. We're going to continue out a conversation. Without any further ado, you know what time it is. Five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Yeah, that what was a black it? song. Yeah, kumbaya, kumbaya. 
My yeah, Lord, yeah. Kumbaya. Yeah. Now, do yeah. you know what Kumbaya means? Why you why, okay. why you just still let me have the song and why why you no, no, do no. that? I mean, <laughs> what is that? No, what I don't. Know. Know. I mean, okay. <laughs> thanks. I didn't know, I, Kathleen. Thanks. You know what it means? Come by here. It means come by here. She she come googled here, that. Maya. No, she didn't. <laughs> Kathleen's smart. Church She's smart like that. To a duck. There you go. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> so for the verse goes, uh, "Come by here, my lord." Someone's crying, come by here. Someone's singing, come by here. Someone's praying, come by here. That would be... All right. <laughs> hey, I'm glad I learned something today. Hey, I, I, didn't, I didn't know that, so I can't act like I know that. Good good job, Kathleen, because yeah. I didn't know what kumbaya meant. But it means come by. Yeah, in church, we sing it. Bad. When we sing it, one of the verses you actually say "come by here" instead of "kumbaya." Oh, kumbaya. instead of saying "kumbaya." Yeah. Uh huh. See, that is just like us to be throwing a little extra flavor in there. So I'm, I'm just going to shout that The remix. It is the remix. We don't keep nothing to say. So you know, we have we have to uh, we have to put that out there. Now, you know, okay, so I'm kind of debating over this one. You know, former ESPN Sports Center anchor uh, set the record straight why she was leaving undefeated. So Jamel Hill did that. She wanted to leave, and um, she wanted to report to reporting, writing, and commentary. So she's at undefeated because she gets to say whatever the heck she want to say without the scrutiny of the folks on ESPN. Hmm. ESPN wow. really stifles her. Really? But shout out to Mel Hill for doing that. Now, now voter registration rolls um, in 21 states were targeted by Russian hackers before the 2016 presidential election, according to a new report. Now, the head of Homeland or Cybersecurity at the Department of Homeland Security said that the Russians only successful only successfully infiltrated a few of those states. Now who oh, knows really? who a few is, but they don't want to tell you which one. What about and Wisconsin, Michigan? Come on. <laughs> it probably was a few states that he won. <laughs> yeah. Notice how that was strategic by the Trump administration. Oh, it was only a few states. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Florida, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. So they said it's not believed that Russians were able to alter the voter rolls. However, the fact that they were able to breach the rolls in multiple states raised concerns for the midterms. Now, they were able to get the voter information, which means they can alter them. But they're saying they're not saying that they altered them this time, but they were able to access them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I want to say about that. Now, Los Angeles-based comedian Jim Carrey is selling his Facebook chairs and urged other people to do the same over concerns about the Russian involvement in the U.S. elections. So, shout out to Jim Carrey that said, really? you know what, Facebook flat out denied that they had anything to do with it or that their their site was being used as a tool until they got busted. Hmm. So, wow. you know, by the way, Facebook is... Um, Facebook may be developing a system to automatically detect how rich or poor you are. 
So really? they have a new patent that they reveal how the site could track your socioeconomic status. The patent shows Facebook has um, developed a system to track users' socioeconomic stat- status by using information like education, home ownership, travel history, and internet usage. Hmm. They're about to profile the heck out your butt. Really? Shout out to Facebook. It's time to get off. It's time to get exactly. off Facebook. Exactly, man. It is time. Wow. Yeah, I'm telling you. Or, or do like me. Just lie. Yeah. <laughs> they won't profile me versus squat. I'll tell them jack. Wow. <laughs> There's very little truth on my Facebook page. So, hey, <laughs> technically, I'll create a public profile at some point. But there is no way that I'm ever or that anybody should ever give them true information about about themselves on there. Really? Uh, yeah. Now, you know, researchers from Columbia's business school in New York suggest that air pollution drives up the crime rate because exposure to contaminants makes us more anxious. So if you <laughs> live in a place where there's a lot of chemicals or, or pollution, they're saying that it actually makes you more anxious, which could make you more violent. That's really? Really? Yes. That's why I want to choke half the people I'm around, huh? <laughs> You're like, there's a lot of pollution around this piece, and you part of the problem. <laughs> Just tell them that well, right Jerome, off. Thank you for that, because now I have a new defense to use for my criminal. Um, uh, <laughs> there you go. It used to be the Twinkie, the defense. Now I could use the, uh, you know, air pollution. Yep. Your Honor. So, so when you need to cite it, just know that it comes from the Columbia Business School in New York. Thank you so very much. Yeah, yeah, use their study. (laughs) Now, now the smartest people have the most willpower is what new researchers from, uh, with researchers from Georgia State University have found. They said the same link of willpower and intelligence is also in chimpanzees, but it's previously been found in humans. So I guess they're saying... People who don't have willpower are not smart. That's kind of how I'm taking this, but <laughs> I, hey, it's from Georgia State, so I'm just gonna say yeah. much respect to Georgia State, but um, I don't know about all that. But <laughs> if you are smart, you have willpower. If you're not, you know, that's what you're saying. There you go. All right. You go. So Bermuda is the first country um, to repeal laws allowing same-sex marriage. So their Senate and House Assembly passed the legislation to repeal same-sex marriage after a majority of voters opposed same-sex marriage in a referendum. So it's now <laughs> on. Wow. Right. Now, Am- Amazon said that they can now deliver Whole Foods groceries to your doorstep in under two hours. The Whole, yeah. Whole Foods, who's owned by Amazon, will deliver its product via Amazon Prime Now service. The service is available in certain neighborhoods in Austin, Texas, Cincinnati, Ohio, Dallas, Texas, and Virginia Beach. But they're saying if you order, they will deliver within two hours your grocery order. What happens if you don't deliver in two hours? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you get it free like a pizza. I'm telling you, Whole Foods is high. Oh, good God, they're high. Hey, and I bet you they charge you up front. I bet you as yeah. soon as you order, did they just take it off your credit card and then they yep. deliver it when they get ready? Yep. I bet they mm-hmm. do. Because Amazon is, hey, man, they, they're not going to let you leave the house, are they? They don't want you to leave the house anymore. Oh, oh no doubt. 
No doubt. They, you wall you in like a Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe movie story, <laughs> you know. Really? Hey, you know, Twitter now, this is from this is from Whole Foods. They're going to deliver in under two hours? Yes. yes. Okay, so if you live in the black community, you can't order from there. Because yeah, they won't been... deliver to you at all because the Whole Foods, <laughs> the closest Whole Foods to me is probably two hours away. You know, then wow. that's why they were specific to say in certain neighborhoods. Yes. They didn't want to say certain white neighborhoods. They just said certain neighborhoods because even some white neighborhoods ain't getting a Whole Foods. <laughs> no. <laughs> we are not wow. going. You know, Twitter has earned $91 million in the fourth quarter of 2017. That's up from its negative $167 million that it lost in the same period last year. Now, this marks its first profitable year in four years of a public trading company. You know, Twitter has never been profitable. Didn't know that, man. Wow. Yeah. And for those who don't know this in business, Amazon did not become profitable until after 10 years. As much money as Amazon had, they didn't become profitable until after 10 years of being in business. Wow. Really? Yep. Yep. Took them that long. So it just means that you need to have enough cash up front. Like, you know, we start business in the black community. And at about a year and a half, we're like, okay, we're done. Because we expect to make all of that money as soon as we open our doors. But, mm-hmm. you, need to, you know, if Twitter took them four years after they went public and Amazon 10, can you imagine with the average company? And, they're, and they had a large IPO. Can you imagine what smaller companies, how long it takes them? <laughs> really? Wow. Right. Yeah, so, but both of those companies, wait, they waited 10 years or whatever, and they're like, and how you like me now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I'm not saying the CEOs didn't get paid. Started from the bottom, now we're here. <laughs> <laughs> know that. <laughs> now, in, in some... Can I just in add sport, one thing, Rome? I'm sorry. Yes. Can I just add one more thing? So right. now that they took 10 years or more to get us all drunk, hooked, addicted, and everything else on social media, more blank, blank men are coming up with new companies to teach you how to get off of it. So we'll, show you, we'll get you addicted, and now we'll get rich on trying to get you off of it. Yeah. It's, it's like last show I did a story about drug companies selling fake drugs to stop your... Um, yeah. <laughs> people are addicted to opioids. They had new drugs to combat the side effects they knew didn't work, but they were selling them anyway. They were like, hey, once you get addicted, here's another drug that'll calm your side effects. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they were just lying. It was making money. Wow. All right. So, so in the news story, I, you know, and Kathleen knows this, and the news story that I take a little pleasure in is that um, fake Justin Timberlake got dragged over social media after his halftime Prince tribute. Well, and he so, should have. He should have. So, he should have. So a story came out that they were 100% going to use a Prince hologram at the Super Bowl performance before they backed out because of social media outrage. And they're, so initially they said, oh, no, no, we weren't ever going to do that. They were. And Timberlake sang, sang a duet of I Would Die For You alongside the production of Prince. Now, Everybody knows Justin Timberlake is not that doggone talented. 
And since they were in Minneapolis, how come they just didn't use talented people? You know, Prince had a lot of people who worked with him at Paisley Park, uh, from Jill Scott to D'Angelo to all of these people that they could have just did a tribute concert for a Super Super Bowl halftime show. But they wouldn't do that. They tried to do fake Elvis, and fake Elvis got drugged because of it. So here's a couple of comments. Columnist Jamil Hill delivered her damning verdict. She said, the problem is a lot of people down with Prince knew he wouldn't approve. Film producer Adam Best said Prince tribute could would have been cool, except Prince specifically said he didn't want that. Even after death, Prince continues to be misunderstood. Affinity Magazine writes that Prince didn't like Justin Timberlake. It's kind of rude to use his image for a performance. And singer Sarah Stokes wrote, I'm so irritated. Um, you don't uh, you do not do Prince like that. It's not a good tribute to a legend. And surprising to me, from CNN's um, Anthony Bourdain, you know he goes all around the world and eats really nasty food, Anthony right. Bourdain? Mm-hmm. He actually released uh, on Twitter, he said a few moments of Prince made the whole enterprise look tiny by comparison. <laughs> wow. Like, he was disappointed. And comedian mm-hmm. Sinbad, who is... Yes. <laughs> I, his, and, and since we're in overtime, I'm not going to uh, mince his words. He says, mm-hmm. okay, punk-ass Justin Timberlake. It was cool till you pulled that Prince BS. He didn't see BS, but it was cool until you pulled that Prince BS. You diss Prince and um, on the track of yours, you dissed him on stage when you lured the mic, and when Prince won an award, later for your ass is what Sinbad said. If you don't know mm-hmm. the story, Prince won a, a Golden Globe in 2007. He couldn't make it, but Justin Timberlake thought it was funny to say the winner is Prince and lowered the mic because he knew Prince wasn't there. Hmm. So, Justin Timberlake is also the kid, and I'm surprised and disappointed at any black person who likes Justin Timberlake but Justin Timberlake is also the kid that after Jesse Williams speech at the um, NAACP awards talking about Black Lives Matter Justin Timberlake came out to say all All lives matter yeah you know what I mean yeah Yeah. we're, we're dealing with fake and people who don't know a lot about and I know I'm a Prince fan so I pay attention to the fact that the executors or the estate of Prince broke into his house in in Minneapolis, took all of that music back to um, Los Angeles. They approved Justin Timberlake doing what he did using the tracks from Prince's original vocals. And I guarantee you Justin Timberlake is going to come out sounding like Prince, where they're going to steal his music and give it to fake Elvis. Damn. that's yeah. foul, man. We can all see this coming. When that Prince music foul. starts showing up for with with no talented bums like him, then we're gonna have problems. Yep. And I know he can sing, but what else can he do besides that? Yeah. And he needs to take his little Mickey Mouse Club self back to the club. <laughs> Alright, I think really? I'm done. I should have did a commentary on that. My bad, Jay. Alright. <laughs> so so um Tom Brady's baby's mama. Bridget Moynihan, she trolled him after the uh, after the Super Bowl with Fly Eagles Fly, and she <laughs> said the confetti um, 
like the the Super Bowl confetti was made mm-hmm. of shredded concussion studies, is what she tweeted. <laughs> <laughs> she is mad at you. Tom Brady's baby's mama took a shot here's at him. Here's what I didn't understand, Jerome. Mm-hmm. Explain this to me. Talk me off a ledge. Um, Cam Newton didn't want to do the press conference. It's like I'm no, I don't even want to talk about it. He was upset, visibly upset, because he lost the Super Bowl. Right. Tom Brady wouldn't even go and shake Nick Foles hand. But no, it, it, nothing, nothing was said about that. Yeah. Nothing was. The said. only thing they said was, "Oh, Tom Brady's competitive and he's a sore. He he doesn't like to lose." Yeah. Well, right. They was calling, um, you know, Cam Newton all kind of names because yes. he wouldn't shake. Yeah. yeah Again, that was that was foul. That yeah. was foul. Now, I draw. We got time for two more, brother. Two more. Uh, all right. Well, I guess I should be a little bit more conscious since it's two more. Um, you know, sexual assault reports doubled at West Point during the last year after widespread changes to help victims file complaints. So they have increased from 26 to 50 in the most recent school year. Complaints have increased due to that effort to encourage victims to come forward. Now, we can't say uh, what that means in the bigger picture, but... Um, they have wow. been coming for it. Now, a 250-year-old kitchen of Thomas Jefferson's enslaved chef, James Hemings, the brother of the um, slave that Thomas Jefferson said that he loved, um, you know, he made mac and cheese popular, <laughs> if you don't wow. know. Arche- really? Archaeologists have uncovered the 250-year-old kitchen and where he introduced mac and cheese to the... Um, to the U.S. culture. Hey, hmm. I can't be surprised by that. No. <laughs> <laughs> that is a staple of every black person's house. So he he introduced it to Thomas Jefferson, but black people probably would make it mac and cheese anyway. So don't there even worry go. about that. <laughs> if, you, if you didn't know, it's always been now the same. Now you know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, folks. Uh... Jay had to step out, and um, we're at the end of the show right now, so we're giving our final thoughts. And ladies are first, the very lovely Kathleen Williams, your final thoughts. Kathleen, what is Okay, yeah, no, I'm here. I was trying to find my mute button because I was over here laughing so hard, I muted myself. <laughs> but <laughs> That mac and cheese gets you every time. That mac and cheese is good, ain't it? You know hey. that mac and cheese. Come on now. <laughs> and I'm and I'm trying to you know be careful with my diet too. So I was just trying to you know laugh and control my mind. Anyway, okay. So my final thought. Um, just thank you for this show. Um, it's it's really important. This show and um, you know Jerome's show on Thursday night are basically really taking front and center as far as black media goes. So on this Black History Month, I'm going to take my final thoughts moment to um, to thank you all for your service, your seva, and to appreciate the time that you take um, unpaid to make sure that the true, the real news is front and center for our community. So thank you and thank you for having me a part of it. Well, thank you, Kathleen. Also, because you are very part, important part of this show as well, darling. And I thank you. 
All right. Yeah. Uh, home team, you're up next. You're on the clock, man. Your final thoughts. Yeah, my final thoughts. Um, Trump has done, in my view, one major positive thing, and that is he has put a face on mental illness now. We know what it looks like. We now know what it sounds like. <laughs> Good point, Matt. Great point. Wow. <laughs> okay, uh, Jerome, you're up. I forgot the story, but, you know, billionaire Tom Galasano, um, who's married to former Hall of Fame tennis player Monica Sellis, refused to pay $90,000 in school taxes because he said Canadian geese have been leaving bird droppings around his house, and it um, lowered the value of his home. There is something about being rich and crazy in this country, oh, and white, that you could actually say it's the it's the government's fault that birds are using the bathroom on your lawn, and I don't want to pay my, my bill. You can try that and go to jail for anybody else, but it is interesting enough that these guys are so disconnected in their own humanity for shared services and what their contributions is to the collective, that there is no way that I believe now that democracy has anything to do with Europeans or European culture. That wow. was my thing. I just wanted really? to share that. But Tom Galasano <laughs> believes that he can't pay his school taxes because birds are using the bathroom. <laughs> wow. That's you just you, you just throwing stuff in the air if that's what you're really, that's what I don't want to pay. Just say you don't want to pay them. They get it over. Really. There you go. That's all you got to do. Okay, okay I, I got a, I got a couple of things. This one is from Momo B. This is a text that she said. Jay, she says there is no such thing as normal now. The white picket fence dream is long gone. Yes, you should do another show on the topic. Too many, too many, too many things. Too many songs. Okay. Uh, family home for kids to dream of picket fence. They're going to try and get their babies' fathers to come back. You can have a dream about something you never saw. Uh, and uh, got one from our very own Vanessa. Uh, let me pull it up. Vanessa says that at the end of the show, please let them know the Rosa Parks movie is airing tonight on TV One around 7 p.m. She said Southwest Airlines flew her body to Washington, D.C. Rotonda. I was there to see her casket. It was amazing. Uh, also, I'd just like to say uh, Happy birthday to my father May you rest in heaven Lester L. Moore Sr. I love you Thank you for uh, all the lessons that you taught me And you will always be a part of who I am And I thank you for that And with that, Jerome If it's Sunday And we're talking serious stuff What time is it, my friend? Right, well, it's time for the serious side of the J. Rao Show. All right, folks. Well, with that being said, folks, it's the end of the show, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in, folks.